Hi, folks. Steve Urban here. Today's episode of the RouterFlex podcast is sponsored by Marketing 360. My good friend J.B. Kellogg and his team do such a fantastic job for us and so many other companies. Marketing 360 is the number one platform for small business, and it's everything you need to grow your business. If you need marketing support, I really encourage you to contact them at marketing360.com slash writerflex, and we'll add that link to the description of this episode for easy reference. On today's episode of the RiderFlex podcast, we have guest Chad Weller, a high-performance life coach and global speaker with a powerful story of perseverance and the willingness to take on challenges. His endeavors include running and completing a 100-mile race more than once. He has also traveled the globe for years as a professional model, ultra-marathon runner, and a motivational speaker. With gritty determination, Chad overcame adversity in his own life with addiction and surviving a near-death car accident. His mission is to inspire those who are willing to grow. Perfect. What's up with uh, the snow, man? The snow is crazy. Know, right? I, you know, we had, what, 60-degree weather in Colorado, what, last weekend? And now it's, you know, it is winter still, right? I guess we should be ready for it. Yeah. I you know, used to it. <laughs> it's 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 okay, right? I don't I don't mind. Uh, the the summers in Colorado are just so awesome that it's yeah. worth it's worth putting up with a little winter, right? Yeah, I agree. Did you grow up here? No, I'm originally from Columbus, Ohio. Um, I moved here about three and a half years ago from Miami Beach. I lived in Miami Beach for 21 years. So wow, wow. Okay, why'd you move? Why why'd you move here? My agent wanted me to move out here. I was running professionally. I was running ultra marathons around the world training for a big race up in Leadville. So I went up and camped in Leadville for a month and fell in love with Colorado. And he's like, why aren't, why aren't you, why aren't you living out there training in the mountains? If I was getting ready for a big race in Argentina, I running see. to the Patagonia mountains. So yeah, here I am. I see. Now, did you come up in the summer? I'm sure you came in the summer, right? For Leadville. Yeah. You running yeah. There, right? yeah. Yeah. I mean, there you go though. That's what happens. I think people come to Colorado, especially if they come in the summer. Well, they come for skiing and they're like, Oh, it's cool to go skiing. But if they ever really excuse me spend time in the summer then they're then they're usually hooked most of the time yeah. Uh, yeah. so so give us that give us that how you grew up and some family stuff if you don't mind sure yeah i uh, grew up in um columbus ohio and i had an amazing upbringing with the, uh, two younger sisters um fell in love with basketball uh, a little bit about my story though is um at a very young age i was uh, diagnosed it's actually seven, diagnosed with learning disability, ADD, and ADHD. And this is a, a big part of my, um, where I am now is, is because that uh, created a, a hardship. Um, it was very um, troubling for me to understand that I had these adults, these teachers, family members, doctors put me on medication at such an early age. And wow. I was just- Seven years old? Yeah, seven years old. I was almost what, eight, actually. Uh, what What grade is that? I'm trying to remember. What I was that? in second grade. Wow. I mean, when did you when did you kind of understand, like, okay, I'm different, and they're making me take these pills? I mean, did you know then at that age? No, I had I had no yeah. idea. I just kn know that I one, the medicine made me feel different, and two, that I was different than everybody else. And I was I was really frustrated um, as a mm. kid. Mm. And um, you know, sports was my outlet. I loved playing soccer, basketball, and baseball. 
and that was my outlet. And, um, you know, that, that was, you know, I, I still came from a great family. I was blessed. We had, um, we were given anything and everything that we wanted, but still when I had to go to school and, and had to, um, go to classrooms and, and had to deal with stuff in life, I was on medication and I had to, you know, figure out, um, ways to one, how I was feeling. And then when I wasn't taking the medication, I was feeling different. And then at just such an early age, having people tell you that you, you know, you're not going to be able to read. You're not going to be like every other kid. You're going to go to these small little tutor rooms. And, um, Ooh. I was pretty hard on myself as Ooh. a kid. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's tough. Did your sisters have any problems like that? No, no, hey, but they were I'm, awesome. Very supportive, but no, they didn't. Okay. And what's your, what's your folks do real quick, if you don't mind? Uh, my mother's a realtor and my dad was in the um, elevator business. Elevator business. Really? Yeah. Okay. What, yeah. Was he an entrepreneur or just, or just an executive? What, what, what did he do? I'm just curious. Uh, well, as a kid, he grew, I, he grew up, uh, I remember him, he was building actually elevators and huh. then he worked his way up to an executive level. Yes. But your mom was a realtor, which is kind of, there's, there's some entrepreneurial juice in, yeah. in doing that. Right. Okay. Yeah, yes. I'm just, I'm they're kind of looking for the, looking for the tie on, on, you know, how it ties back to maybe some of your entrepreneurial bug, you know, to do your yeah. own thing. And so would you say your mom maybe had a little bit of uh, you know, did, did she affect your life? I mean, did, did, looking at her, were you like, Oh, I want to, I'm going to do my own thing or that didn't really connect. It did. Um, I didn't, I don't think it really connected then. I was so consumed with what was going on in my world okay. and what wasn't going on in my world. Okay. And I, I knew that from an early age, I wanted to escape that world. Um, okay. So I always okay. would daydream about like moving to another place where I oh, wasn't cool. labeled and, and people didn't know who I was. Now, when you were playing sports in high school, were you still, were you having to go to special classes and stuff then? Or were you just with yeah. the regular? Really? Yeah. yeah. Wow. So you are. Oh, wow. Okay. All right. But you were an athlete and you were a good athlete. So you like, the coaches were like, Hey, we need Chad on the team. I don't care if he has a learning disability or an ADD or whatever. We need him on the team. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was the only one on the team that had to go to do, you know, these smaller classes and had tutors. And, you know, I look back and I'm, I'm grateful that I had that experience, but as I'm sharing you, when I was going through that, I was, it was very, very hard for me oh, I to, can imagine. to deal with. And, I remember my teachers told me that I, I wasn't going to be able to go to college. I wasn't going to be able to basically they, they projected out my future that I was going to be an insurance salesman or work at a Honda Honda factory. So and you I had the like, personality. So you had the personality for sales though. You like to talk to people. You had good people. I love talking. Early- yeah. Yeah. I love talking okay. to people. Oh, yeah. Okay. I get that okay. from my, uh, my mother for sure. She's uh, right. Because she's a realtor. Entrepreneur. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> uh, wait, now were you getting in fights in school where like some of the guys on the team, like, you know, they make fun of you sure. because you're having to go to these classes and you're like, Hey bro, like let's step outside. Do you have any of that going on? I did have some outbursts, um, you know, fights. Uh, I wasn't very level headed because I was just, I felt like I was just frustrated all the time. Okay. And well, it you- wasn't necessarily, they, they were picking on me because I was in these classrooms. It was more or less me just being, uh, like on medications and I, I look at my nutrition back then too. And that really created significant. Mm-hmm. I grew up, you know, in the eighties and nineties. Well, yeah. And cheeseburgers, hot dogs. It's all good. Uh, by the way, are you, are you, are you a big guy? What's your size? Are you like, are you athlete? How tall are you? Uh, six one. You're six one. Okay. All right. So you're yeah. good size in high school, decent size guy in high school. Yeah. 
Okay. All right. So, so you're going through all this. All right. I, all right. I feel for you. You're going through all this. And then what do you graduate? How'd you decide? Did you go to the Ohio state? <laughs> I did. I went to the Ohio state university. Um, I was going to go play division two, division three basketball. Uh, I made my decision pretty late to just go to Ohio state. Um, I was, there was like always a dream of mine to go to Ohio state. And then um, I went there and found out that Again, I didn't like school. So I actually started modeling in high school. Um, oh, okay. My senior year and um, took in, taking some pictures, did a couple little campaigns there in Ohio. And then my freshman year of, of college, my, my agency asked me if I would like to go to South Beach during spring break to go meet some agencies that were interested in me. And I was... Ooh, ooh you're like, yes. <laughs> yes. So my parents were like, yeah, go check it out. So... Uh, I was down there for about a week, and uh, they put me up in a hotel with models from all over the world. I went to my first runway show, and uh, that my first full day there, I went to visit three agencies and signed um, a, a contract with an agent, and was, wow. was pretty pretty excited. Wow! How old were you? Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Now, now, even though you had some of these things going on in your life and the medications, I mean getting signed as a model with a contract that had to give you a little bit of boost. Right. I mean, you, you had to, I mean, I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, Hey, I'm, I'm all right. I'm in Miami now. I'm a good looking guy. I got a contract. I mean, that's got to help a little. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. And, and, you know, it was, you know, I never knew I was going to end up living on the beach and having this opportunity. So yeah, I, I mean, I was definitely very grateful. Um, okay. Now, did you drop out of school? Did you drop out of college? Yeah, I did. I, yeah, I left. I left Ohio State and uh, pursued the modeling career and did that for a while. Whoa, hold on. I just got. Hold on. Did your mom and dad go to school? Uh, my my dad did not. My mother um, went to some college but did not graduate. When you called your dad from Miami and you said, "Hey, I'm on the beach with a bunch of chicks and I just got a modeling deal. I'm not going back to Ohio State." Were they Were they like disappointed or or how'd that go over? They were excited for me, honestly. They were, they, they knew it was a big opportunity for me. And um, I think they were looking at it like, hey, I get to go visit my son in South Beach, like <laughs> hang out on the beach, coming from Ohio, right? Okay. So all right, all right. they were, my parents uh, are awesome. They were, they were incredibly supportive. And, you know, that was, that was really important to me. Okay, um, cool. Have, That's cool. That's that. cool. Yeah. All right. So, all right. Now, now, all right. You, you definitely have my attention now because now you're an 18 year old, good looking guy in Miami. You got a modeling contract. You know, chicks are hanging all over you. Life is good. All right, now what happens? Now, now what happens? <laughs> yeah, so actually, I was there for about a year and a half, um, and then I moved to Milan, Italy. Uh, I had a big contract out there. Um, this the point, I was around, you know, 19, 19 and a half. Moved out there, lived out there for a year, modeled, did all the runway shows, worked for the top designers wow. in the world, from Versace, Prada, Gucci, Hugo Boss, and um, got you to travel take, around. You still taking medication? Um, yes, yeah. All right. Yep. All right. Um, and, and still learning about life. Like I, you know, from, from Ohio, small town, Ohio to South beach, which is very, uh, culture influenced people from all <laughs> yeah. over the world, just a total wake up yeah. call. Then to yeah. Milan, Italy, not knowing the language. Yeah. That's where I actually started to run because, um, a big part of my story is running and I was getting lost and on the subway and just, I was there by myself for three weeks before all the other models came in. Um, cause it basically everybody takes off the month of August and I got there pretty early. So I, I was I just getting lost and, and I started running around instead of, um, taking the buses and subways. So that's really where I started running. 
Okay. All right. Plus you got to stay in shape because you're a model. Right? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. But all right, all right. Now I know your story, right? Obviously I did a lot of homework on you before the podcast. The, now I guess at that age as a model, we're all, not all, most people are into a little bit of drugs and alcohol at that point, but is that when it started getting excessive for you? Walk us into some of that now, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, it wasn't, wasn't, um, no, I, I was able to maintain myself, uh, and, and do a pretty good job, so to say for my okay. age of, okay. uh, of knowing when to quit. Um, okay. as I got older, um, the really, the abuse didn't really start until I was about 28. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. So now how long did the modeling career go on or, or are you still doing that by the way? Yeah, I do it every once in a while, but it, it, that career was uh, around eight and a half years, eight years. Okay. All right. When did you come back from Italy? Um, I just, I was just there for a year. Oh, you were just there for a year. All right. And then yeah. walk us into, walk us into some of your career after that. How did you, how did you decide to, you know, do what you're doing now, uh, you know, uh, sure. and, and go ahead. Yes. I, I, you know, when I moved back from, I was still modeling. I was in a uh, restaurant. I was opening up hotels. I was in the um, hotel and restaurant industry. And then I got into the nightlife. The nightlife, um, basically, that's where I was really introduced to um, the party life. And in South Beach, it's known for its clubs, you know, staying open until 5 a.m., 24-hour clubs. Like, So then there was a, this mixture of, I was a VIP host, a bartender, uh, doorman, and you're you're just surrounded by um, party people, celebrities, and yes, yes, um, yes. just a lot of a lot of temptations to make choices. And that's what I did. I made the wrong choice, and I started going down the wrong path. And to fast forward, you know, to 2009 is basically when everything came to a, um, a complete halt. I was I was pretty out of control from 28 to 32. And 2009, I literally ran into a 50 foot brick wall. And uh, almost lost my life. How and, old were you, um, How old were you right there? Thirty-two. You're thirty-two. Okay. All right. That's when you had the re married kids, relationships, anything at that point. Lots. You know, I've gone through many relationships. Not married, no kids. Um, <laughs> were you in, Were you in a serious relationship at that point? Um, I just gotten out of one, um, like okay. three days before. I hit the wall, got in trouble, got a DUI, and then um, I lost my job two days later. Well, yeah, okay, because you went to jail for a couple of nights. I'm guessing. I didn't go. I actually didn't go to jail. They were they were super cool. I was supposed to go to the hospital. I broke my ribs, a bunch of ribs. I, I broke my arm. I was knocked unconscious for ten minutes. Uh, I was I was. They cut me out of the car. I mean, it was it was it was a pretty bad crash. And um, the police lucky, officer. Yeah, you're lucky was, you didn't kill somebody else, right? Yeah, man. There's so many things that went through my head that day. Yeah, for sure. Okay, now, how, how deep was your addiction to drugs and alcohol? You could go into it just a little bit. Are we talking lines of Coke every day? Are we talking, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, a pint of bourbon? What, what, what are we talking about here? Give us some detail, if you don't mind. Yeah, from that stage, I was introduced to cocaine at like 28. And um, every time I would drink, I would, I would get to party favors. And, you know, being in an industry, it was handshakes. It was just given to you for free. I would not um, say I would just sit up all day and all night and just go, start going to look for drugs. That wasn't me. It was more or less um, I created habits around drinking and doing drugs okay. and just got incredibly lost in that, in that world. And the people I was surrounding myself, as they say, you're a product of your environment. So my, my, my product was 
drugs and alcohol and partying. So, I mean, mm -hmm. I'd be up for days and mm -hmm. it was, and I never felt good about it. I never really enjoyed it. Again, this goes back to my childhood is not really, I was just feeling lost and, and really, even when I was doing the fashion shows and working with the top designers of the world, there was always something missing. Mm -hmm. And then you fast forward hanging out with celebrities and, you know, going to heat games on the floor seats, like all these things that were happening to me, I just still felt empty inside. And people looked at my life, they were like, you have everything, man. Well, you, I, you I just mean, took, the, you took the words right out of my mouth. I mean, you're describing, I mean, you're telling me, you're like, I'm a good looking guy. I'm living in Miami. I'm hanging out with stars. I'm doing all, I mean, it's like, bro, you, yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of people that are like, I want to sign up for that. I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. But it felt empty though. You, you So the whole time, are you like, this isn't what I want to do or I don't, I, were you thinking I want to do something else or you just felt empty inside? I felt empty. I felt lost. Um, I knew that the direction I was going was going to eventually come to a halting stop. I just didn't know how I didn't have the power to do that. I, I knew that I was powerless over the drugs and alcohol and uh, you know, I, I didn't have the tools to, uh, I didn't have any purpose. I didn't have any direction. Hmm. Wow. Okay. All right. So the wreck happens. You get out of the hospital. Then what? Uh, some serious changes had to be made. I, you know, after they basically told me that you, you're, you almost died and I was, you know, facing a bit of trouble too. Um, so I just had to make the decision right then and there with myself and be honest with myself. Like, Hey, you're, you're gonna have to make some drastic changes and you're gonna have to start going after things that are going to be tough. You have to get uncomfortable and you're going to have to quit the drugs and alcohol. So that day, um, March, it was a Friday the 13th, March 13th, 2009. Um, it's the last time I've done drugs or alcohol. And, um, wow. I, I went into AA, uh, I got help for a couple of years. It's actually when I was in AA, I was actually bartending in South beach getting sober. So I was going to two meetings a day, working at these crazy nightclubs for three years. Um, never touched anything. Uh, that's wow. when I really, that's when I really started running and I found ultra marathons. Ultra marathons were my saving grace. Mm, man, that takes a lot of self-control to be around that, to be in the life still hanging out with all the alcohol and all the partying and you know, people are like, Hey man, let's do a shot. And you're, you're, you're wow. Okay. Yeah. That, I don't know. There's probably not very many people that can do that. I mean, I'm not, I have not gone to any AA meetings. I, I have not had an addiction problem to, to where I can relate, but can I just ask this question? If you're in that group and that's happened to you, don't they encourage you to stay away from that kind of scene? I mean, or, or yeah, I don't know how it works. Maybe you can help me out there. Yeah, that was definitely, uh, definitely encourage you to stay out. But I think that was, that was the challenge that, I, I needed at that time because I'm, I'm, I'm a very extremist, right? So that put me in an extreme at, uh, like atmosphere. My yeah. sponsor at the time, he was actually, we used to party together and he had been sober for a couple of years and he was, you know, in the club business too. So he's like, wow. go to two meetings and just choose not. The, it was just day by day. And wow. um, this wow. really, it was difficult, but it was also easy at the same time because I started seeing different things and feeling different things as I started getting sober. Okay. And it started coming to my conscious of like, okay. Okay, now you're not making any money modeling anymore at that point. Not not right then, I'm I'm guessing. Your your money is you're working you're working you're a bartender. That's how you're making your living and you're getting sober. That's what's happening in your life at that moment. 
That's correct. And, and doing some VIP hosting. I did modeling here and there. Um, but, you know, at this point, I'm not pursuing the career any longer. Okay. All right. Talk. How does the high performance life coaching happen? Happen. Walk us into that transition, if you don't mind. Sure. Um, 2010, I started running ultras and ultras was really um, ultra marathon. So I was running my first race was 50K. And this was the, the first steps of getting into that, that mindset. Um, I started running longer distances, 50 miles, 100K, and I started running 100 mile races and found out I was pretty good. And I turned pro and I got sponsors. So then they started flying me around the world. Um, I started speaking on stage and started creating my own identity and reinventing myself as this really healthy person. I've been to this date, I've been vegan for 25 years. So I really stepped into this, um, this nutrition, healthy lifestyle where I was just fully committed about learning how to challenge the mind, spirit, and body. And when, I, you're, when you're running for 100 miles, you're, it takes me around you know, 27 to 30 hours straight. You have a lot of time to think. And so I started, I was starting to think about like, what do I want to do? Like, how can I help people? You know, and, and at this time I was running my own, um, I've been an entrepreneur for 12 years now, but I started running my own running company, personal training business in South Beach, working with very exclusive um, clientele, IndyCar drivers, uh, professional athletes. And then this all transformed of help, helping them with movements, but then I, I started I helping see. them with personal issues. Okay. Okay. Let me just take a pause right there. So now I understand the transition after kind of studying your profile. So you're in this, you're working these bars and stuff, right? And you're doing this, this thing. You start running to stay in shape. The next thing you know, you, you've done a couple of these ultra marathon things and somebody taps you on the shoulder and says, hey, we'll sponsor you. And now you're getting a check for that. And you're like, oh, shit. Okay. I might actually be able to make a living and pay the rent doing this. And then you stood, but, but at the time you weren't thinking I'm going to be a coach. You're just like, okay, cool. I, I got a sponsor. I'm going to run. I'm going to do these running things. I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do, do with my life yet, but they're handing, handing me sponsorship checks. So I'll take it. And then you're like, hmm, I might be able to help other people do this, right? With some, with some training and running and so forth. So now that eases you into coaching. Now you're getting paid a little bit from coaching on the running plus the sponsorships. That's how you're making a living. Okay. Am I, do I got it right so far? You're right on. Okay. You don't know if you're going to be, you're not, you haven't said I'm going to be a high performance life coach yet, but you're easing into that, that, that you're, you're headed that direction, even though you don't know it. Right. Right. Okay. Cool. All right. So now you're doing this, you're running, you're doing the sponsorship, you're doing a little bit of coaching. You're, you're starting to eat right, by the way, 20, what'd you say? 25 years as vegan or vegetarian? Vegan. I don't know how you do that, bro. I just don't know. How, I don't know how you do that, man. I, f I mean, Hey, kudos. Right. I, I, don't, I, just don't, I just, I can't do it, man. I grew up in, I grew up in Oklahoma, right? Like we eat steak every day, right? I yeah. mean, come on. It's beef like daily. Yeah. Same with, same uh, with my household. I don't know how you do it, man. My oldest son is a vegetarian, was a vegan for a while. And now he, 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 he kind of edged into the vegetarian and he comes over. I'm just like, I can't, I can't, I can't anyway, but you start eating right now. You're getting in really good shape. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Now, what happens next? Yeah. So again, when you're out there training, you're running. So I started helping um, these amazing individuals, started building my business, figuring out how to run my own business. So I'm like realizing I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a professional athlete. How did all this just happen? And this wasn't any part of my plan. So then now I started putting together a plan. And so I actually hired a life coach um, 
and I actually was looking more of how to grow the mindset. I've hired a breathing coach. Um, at this time, I had around five coaches. I had personal trainers. Um, you, you're, making, coach. You're, you're, you're making enough money to pay all these guys at that point? Well, a lot of them were included into sponsorships too. So like my, okay. my team that were, you know, acupuncturists, personal trainers, they were included into a sponsorship. So my sponsorship uh, I, I took see. care of that. But the okay. personal coach was, was my choice because I wanted to learn more about the mindset. Okay. Um, when you're out there running again, you know, I, over seven and a half years, I ran 39 ultras and you know, you're running, I was running in Thailand, South America, all over the world. And you, you experience so much when you're out there through perseverance. So I was basically creating a path for um, high performance because I was a high performer there. I would, I would be running anywhere from 175 to 210 miles a week. So that's approximately between, I don't know, 37 to 42 hours a week of just running. And that, that's a pretty big commitment. And I had to really focus on being a high performer because you had to get enough sleep. You had to eat right. You had to you know, make sure that you went and you fit everything into your schedule. So when I started creating this, I started studying like Tony Robbins, Brendan Bouchard, and I was just like, one day it just clicked. I said, you know, I'm working with these amazing individuals as, as they're helping them with movement. And I've gone through all this mindset stuff. How can I help individuals? So I created this business around high performance. Um, it's high performance, you know, coaching, high performance life coaching. And so I completely made that shift from helping individuals with like running with them and with, with movements to focusing on the mindset, energy, um, meditation, and, and all the things that I had learned uh, have really created that path for me to step in and, and speak from experience. Mm -hmm. And that's why I started talking today around my childhood, because I've done so much work that mm -hmm. all I'm, I'm grateful for all that that happens. And I've done a lot of inner self work where I no longer, you know, all the way up to about three years ago, I was still empty inside. I wow. still didn't have, I still didn't have any direction. Wow. So when I started doing all this deeper work, it was more, I had to go through that for a reason. And so I love sharing that um, with, with people because I think we're all on our own journeys. We are going through something, some way, somehow. And through my story, I like to share, like, anything's possible. Like, I used to hate running in high school. And I ended up being becoming a professional runner, running 100-mile distances. And then, you know, I never, I was told I was going to work at a Honda factory. Now I'm running a, you know, a very successful coaching business. I'm a motivational speaker, speak around the world, um, writing a book, which is going to be done in June. Oh, and cool. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, the, the message behind all this is like anything's possible. And when, when somebody tells you something, they're basically see, they're telling you something from their own eyes, like their own energy. And I think I, all the way up to three years ago, I took that very personal. And I was very hard on myself and I, and it really changed everything when I start realizing and just creating self-acceptance. And that's, what's really helped me become an entrepreneur and stay in this world because it's very tough to be an entrepreneur. There, there's, a, there's a lot of ups and downs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which is why this podcast exists to talk about that, all of those challenges. So let's talk about your business. How long have you had, Chad Weller High Performance Life Coaching as a as an entity. How how old is that business? Five years. Five years. Okay. Any employees? No. Just yourself. Okay. So everything yeah. is you. All right. How do you find your your client? Do you call them clients? How, I don't know if you call them yeah. clients. How do you find yeah. your clients? How do how do you get how do you, how do people find you and how do you get them? Perfect. So yeah, people can find me at chadweller.com. Um, but I have a team. So I have an agent. 
Um, she helps me find speaking gigs. Um, she's basically my publicist as well. And then I have a, a marketing team. Yeah, they do a lot of my social media stuff, um, putting stuff out, Google ads and all this stuff behind it. Mm. You know, as, as an entrepreneur, there's a lot of different things that I really want to focus on coaching and, and speaking and focusing on my book. So I like to outsource the experts. Um, I do like to learn it as well. But then if I focus on marketing and all these other things, I can't focus on coaching. It takes away from my passion. So mm -hmm. um, really hiring people and, you know, getting people that are passionate about the stuff I'm not passionate about. Mm -hmm. uh, it was it was a big game changer for myself in my career. Gotcha. Okay. And uh, what, tell me this, who's your typical client? Is your typical client a successful business owner that is addicted to drugs and alcohol? Or is your is your typical client? I don't know, uh, just a, a regular middle class a worker that um, is has depression problems? Who, who is your client? It's a great question. So my 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 client is somebody who is a high achiever. Uh, I don't what I don't is that? What, how do you how do you define that? A high achiever, somebody who has have has found success in their life in one aspect, it could be, you know, it could be career, it could be um, financially, it could be with some sort of success. Uh, they have this drive behind them, but they have really just focused on one particular part of their life where they've been successful. I see. Right. And I so see. what Got my, okay. my, my job as a coach is they're coming to me. They're saying, I'm feeling stuck. Uh, I'm not really doing what I want to do. This is not what I'm passionate about. I feel like I've lost a lot. I don't know where to go. So I help them create a roadmap, get them connected to their passion and purpose um, getting them one connected to their their habits and their foundation, because um, if you're doing all the wrong things, you're never going to find out where you're never going to get to where you want to go. And I was, you look at my story. I was doing all the wrong things, and still I until I started focusing on doing the right things, things just started happening. And I started I was I started realize I was the creator. So I give all my clients when we first meet, you have a 60 minute breakthrough session with me. It's complimentary really get to know each other, build some rapport. And then my job as a coach is to meet you where you are. And then we start strategically planning on, okay, this is where I want to go. How are we going to get there? And a lot of us, I think as individuals, and I can you know, speak for myself on this, as we start getting focusing on the results and what I get, you know, a lot of majority of my clients, they're focused on the results. So it causes anxiety, depression. Uh, maybe they're addicted to drugs. Maybe they aren't. But there's all these like, counterparts that come in when you're focusing on the results and I get them to take a step back, connect with their energy, their breathing and focus on the process and get alignment to where they're going. And that's a big part of my coaching is just supporting them along the way with the accountability. And, and it, it's, it's very relatable for me. Um, and I, I work with people that have the energy around like, this is what I want. I have this vision I just don't know how to get there. Mm. Okay. What about the person that's depressed, um, having some issues, but they can't afford you? <laughs> I yeah. mean, I'm, yeah, I'm guessing there's a lot of people out there that would love to call Chad Weller, but they can't pay the hourly rates or the retainer or whatever it is. Um, what, what advice would you give to those folks? Yeah. Advice would be to follow me on social media and, um, you know, get my book when it comes out in, in, in June, well, probably be like July, August. And 
you know, don't hesitate to reach out to me. Um, you know, like I, I offer those 60 minute calls and it, it's good to, to meet people and help people. But I, I think around my social media content, I'm always, you know, it, it's social media is not about me. It's, it's content to help people along the way. And um, I truly feel it speaks there. So I would definitely on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn okay. are great places to um, follow along. If, if, if there's somebody out there listening right now, speaking of some free wisdom, if there's somebody out there listening right now and they're just waking up every day, uh, you know, hating their life and super depressed, I know you, it's hard for you to give generalized advice probably, but anything you'd say to that, that person? Yeah, I would definitely say like, to be kind to yourself, um, be kind to others and, and don't lose hope. And, and know that you have the power to create anything and everything in your life. And you, you're talking to somebody who was depressed, severely depressed. I was on medication uh, right and when my accident happened. I was on 2,400 milligrams of medication. And, and that's, that's a ton. That's, I mean, I was just, I've, I've been off medication now. I was on medication for 27 years. I've been off medication only for five. So, um, that was because I was depressed and anxiety. So my message would be if you're losing hope, regain that hope, find something that gets you excited, um, you know, and I think just really just stay connected find, to who you are. How, how about find something that gets you excited besides material things, right? I mean, uh, I just feel like people are so in today's world, they're so caught up in, Okay, if I can just get that new boat, or if I can just get that new purse, or if I can just get, you know, that fishing rod, I'm gonna feel better about myself. It's like, yeah, not really. <laughs> yeah, is that true? Yeah, do, you, do, you, do you find that? <laughs> yeah, that was me. I was chasing. I, I was chasing my happiness um, until I started doing the this personal development work, the deep work. Um, you know, reading, watching stuff. I'm constantly learning every day. Um, because I have the power of choice right now. So I just simply choose to do that. I've been sober almost 11 years simply because I choose to every day. So mm. a lot of what I talk about in, with my clients and my speaking is we all have a choice. Like I had a choice to go do drugs. I had a choice to run into that 50 foot brick wall. I had a choice to be sober bartending and I have a choice to be sitting here now. Right. So mm -hmm. it's, mm -hmm. it's, it's self-empowerment, which is a huge part of, um, our journey as humans on this planet is understanding that we're capable of doing so much more than we, we set out to do. And as you were saying, you, you chase after the purse, you chase after the car or the house or, and then what? And then, and then, what? And, and, and then ex what? exactly, exactly. That's a really great tip for the listeners right there is, you know, everybody, not everybody, but, but a lot of people think, you know, if I can just get to this point, if we can just get, if we can just get to this location, if I can just get into this size apartment, you know, if I can just get, you know, if that new phone, if I can, whatever, like they're always, they're always thinking if I can get to this point in my life and I can get these things, then it's all going to be great. <laughs> yeah. it, just, it just never works that way. You, you, you get there and it's not the, you know, the golden pot at the end of the rainbow and everything's perfect. You know, you're just right back where you started. And then all of a sudden you're telling yourself, okay, well now I, now I'm still going to be unhappy and I'm going to pick a new spot. I got to get to. <laughs> You know, instead, you know, how about trying, how about trying to be happy just while you're in motion? That, that, right. that would be great, right? 
And that's why I think the life coaching world is such an empowerment. Like I had therapists and psychiatrists for many, many years. The life coaching really changed my direction. As somebody who has, I, I meet with my coach every week and right. it's really helped me to create tools. It's really empowered me to look at things differently and step outside of my comfort zone, step outside of the norm and, and get out of my way. And that's the biggest thing that I've, I've taken from my, my work I've done on myself. And if you're somebody who's struggling right now, it does take work. It, it does take getting uncomfortable and it does take going inward. And a lot of people don't want to do, go in and do the inward work where you have to face like, why do I feel like this? Mm-hmm. Why, why am I depressed? Why wasn't I an addict? And when you start healing yourself, I'm always going to be in the pro- process of healing and recovery, right? But I choose to, and I surrendered to that. And I surrendered to all that shit that was in my life. Mm-hmm. So now I don't have any shit. I don't have any bad days because I choose not to. That's awesome, bro. Congratulations, by the way, coming through everything you've been through. Thank you very I mean, much. I, mean, I appreciate I mean, that. I mean, really. Um, so you're, you're in Colorado now. No, still, still no, no family, just you. Just me. Yeah, you're running the business by yourself and you, and so your business is just you and no family. You, you, does it get lonely over there, Chad? Do we need to pass out your phone number and have people call you for yeah, social relations? Let's pass out my number. Let's pass out my number. No, I, I got a, I got a great crew around me. Uh, I got an amazing support team. Um, yeah, Colorado's cool. I've only been on here like three years. We're getting dumped on right now, like, yeah, like twelve inches today. But it is an awesome place to live, though. Isn't it is. It? I mean, very, very cool. I feel sorry for I feel sorry for all the listeners right now that are listening to us from another state. I'm sorry for you. No, I'm just <laughs> I'm just I'm just messing around. Uh, there are a couple of questions on the entrepreneur entrepreneurship, right? Real quick, you know, as we kind of head towards the end of this, what advice would you give folks that want to start a business, a service business? Let's talk about those. Some sort of service business, whatever it might be. Maybe it's coaching. Uh, maybe it's, you know, they're going, they want to be a psychiatrist. Maybe they want to be, I don't know, a plumber, whatever. Uh, it's a service business of some kind. Maybe they want to start a recruiting firm like, like we're doing here at Riderflex, but they're scared or, you know, they're like, well, I got a regular job and, you know, I don't know how I'm going to pay the bills. If I, if I, if I quit my regular job and start my service business, how am I going to survive? What would you tell those folks? Great question. So I, I, w- I would say it is scary and you want to be scared going into some, an entrepreneur. You, you want to have that. You're going to be able to, you want to be able to take that risk, but you also want to have you create a game plan. You want to create, make sure it's connected to your passion and purpose to a point. And, you know, because if you jump into this world of an entrepreneur, it, it can be very um, challenging getting to the top and, you want to be able to focus on keeping a positive mindset. You want to be able to reach out to people to help um, be open to learning. Uh, I find very people that are very stubborn and very um, like not, not up for trial and error. And they're just like, they, they're just going to, I'm going to start today. And I'm going to get here by next week and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. They find out really quick that they should have never quit their job. <laughs> so I think just having patience too would be my biggest takeaway is having patience. It's a long, long game. And yeah. if you're looking to get in and, and make that quick buck as an entrepreneur, yeah. um, it's, it, just, it just, <laughs> just doesn't work like that. It just doesn't work like that. Now, it's not a three-hour movie. You're not going to just start and three <laughs> hours later, you're going to be rich. <laughs> 
Oh man, it is so true, right? Um, when you when you look back on your life now, if you could call that 18-year-old that got the phone call to go to Miami, let's say you're still at Ohio State, right? Matter of fact, let's just let's just go into that timeline. Let's say it's before you got on the plane to Miami. What would you tell that kid? question wow uh, i would say be kind to yourself um be, be kind to yourself and um would you tell him not to go don't get on the plane hell no no i don't i don't have one regret that okay. was that was the coolest experience of my life and I, to be honest with you i would just tell him to enjoy the ride because you know be kind i, I wasn't kind to myself all the way up to about three years ago and, and that made a lot of, um, that's what steered me into the wrong, wrong path because mm -hmm. I was very, very, very hard on myself because of my childhood. Um, that's just my reflection. But I think um, I'd tell him to choose a little bit more wisely along the way too. Do you ever, have you ever called your mom and, say, and said, hey, mom, why'd you put me on all that stuff? You ever challenged her on it? Um, she was just doing her best, man. She was, she was a fighter for me. Every day she fought for me. She took me all the doctor appointments. Uh, you know, this cool. is in the eighties and, you know, uh, I know that she, she would, she wasn't just like throwing me and she was yeah. just like, she's my best friend. Like she's, she's always been in my corner and always one of the best for me. And, cool. uh, yeah, That's that cool. was, she was, uh, she was just doing what she was doing, what, what she was, what she thought was my best. Mom, my, my mom was 19 and a half when she had me. Ooh, wow. Okay. So all she right. was a kid. My dad was 22. They were kids. Like, when I was going through all that, she was learning just how to, I mean, they were just in survival yeah. mode. Right, right. Yeah. Are you close to them now? Are you close to your mom and dad 100%. both? Yeah, definitely. And my sisters. Okay. All right. Cool. That's very cool. They might listen to this podcast. Good. Right. Yeah. right? They, they, I, they know my story. <laughs> I'm sure they do. Right. Uh, what, what, okay. One last question here. If you had to put Chad's core purpose into a sentence now, how would you define it? Or maybe two sentences, but one or two. I would, I would say, you know, living with purpose and passion. And, you know, I always have in my mind each and every day is I'm creating a legacy. How do I want to be remembered? Mm. And, and that's why I, I up to a couple of years ago, I was not able to share my story. I was very ashamed. I was very mm. not open mm. until mm. I got the proper coaching and I expanded on why am I sharing my story? It's just to help people. I, I really, my mission is to serve. My, my mission is to help people go through things in life and figure out how to, you know, break through those, those obstacles and connect to their purpose and passion. And I'm living each and every day, I'm living the life I love. And it's through my purpose and passion. When's the last that's time you more ran than a... two sentences? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. When's the last time you ran a race? Um, I we got snowboard accident last year, so it's been about a year and a half. I have one coming up in May. It's a fifty k. I retired and I ran. I, I retired running professionally in two thousand eighteen. Wow, fifty k, fifty k. Are your knees and ankles shot? I mean, are you, I mean, do you walk around? No. Not at all. I was, I, I worked a lot on form and technique and that's what I was doing as a coach. So I would teach form and technique, teach people how to run and walk. 
And, you know, when you're running those distances, um, you have to learn how to run efficiently or you're going to be screwed. Um, cause mm -hmm. I'm a couple hundred mile races. I'm climbing 30,000 feet, descending 30,000 feet, you're running through snow, hail, all kinds of weather. So understanding your form and technique is really a great way to not get hurt. Mm, wow. Okay. I don't know if I want to go on a hike with you, bro. You probably leave me behind. <laughs> <laughs> let's go for a hike i would love when that. you're when, when you call your friends they're like hey man let's go for a hike they're like uh no i'm busy I, you go ahead chad <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no. uh, so it's so it's chad com, right chad com. is that the, is that the best place for them to go and check it out and then there's information there on how to make contact with you yeah everything's there social media uh, connecting with me um more about videos and stories we're doing a a bunch of videos this week i'm going to be launching here in the next couple of weeks so cool oh, that's yeah. great all right all right well thank you so much for being on the rider flex podcast and sharing your story chad i appreciate it thanks for having me on the show i really appreciate it can you hang on just a second i'm going to stop on the recording but hang on just a sec before you hang up okay of course yeah the rider flex podcast features entrepreneurs business executives and the stories behind how they got there as well as daily tips on career advice and job interviews. Our show can be heard just about anywhere these days, but you can visit riderflex.com and click on the podcast page to hear all the previous episodes and learn more about the recruiting and consulting services we provide. Contact us at the email address info at riderflex.com or 888-964-5876. Thanks so much for listening, and if you enjoy our show, please be sure to subscribe to our channel and like the episodes.